DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Begin Again, The Spiritual Legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teachings about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of several books published by the Crossroads Publishing Company on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the Spiritual Teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Begin again, the spiritual legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. How wonderful to have the opportunity to explore the spiritual teaching of Venerable Bruno Lanteri and his interaction with those who would become his spiritual sons and daughters. Of whom there were many. Uh, the witnesses who knew him that would comment on that fact that um, quietly and in a hidden way, many people and many very influential people in the cultural and political life of his nation, the Kingdom of Piedmont, came to him for spiritual guidance. And um, you could tell the effect. They would, it would be said that you could always tell those who had been spiritually guided by the Venerable Lanteri. You could see the difference. You could see the impact. What qualifies, if I can use such a strong word, qualifies someone as a spiritual son or daughter? How does that come about? Well, today we tend to think of the sacrament of confession in which there's a one-on-one contact within that sacramental context between a priest and a um, the man or woman who comes to confession, and in which context, if the priest is willing to do it, perhaps very briefly and very simply, some very powerfully helpful spiritual counsel can be given together with the absolution so that people who go to confession regularly with that kind of confessor are going to be growing spiritually. We tend to think of that as something parallel to formal spiritual direction in which a person approaches somebody who is a qualified spiritual director, a priest who uh, is is qualified as a spiritual director, or a religious or layperson who has the proper training and experience, and meets in some regular fashion with um, with this person, who then offers spiritual accompaniment or spiritual guidance as the person lives his or her spiritual life, and uh, both are wonderful ways. To not to be alone in the spiritual life, but to be accompanied, which makes an enormous difference. It can be the difference between that feeling that I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I, I'm in the same position. Things don't seem to be moving in my spiritual life, and the sense that I'm on a journey, that there's progress, that there's movement forward and and growth, and and, and a deeper relationship with God. Now, in the Venerable Lanteri's time, those two things were less separate, so that you'll see at times uh, the people who come to him for guidance referred to as his penitents, 
that is, that people that come to him for the sacrament of penance or confession, in which context he would take the time to offer spiritual direction and guidance, or people who would simply come to him to, to speak with him outside of the formal context of the sacrament of confession. So what, what makes a person a spiritual directee of a venerable Antari or any spiritual director is that there is some continuity in contact every month, every certain number of weeks. There is a contact and a conversation in which the individual gets to share something of his or her spiritual experience, what's happening in prayer, what's happening as he or she is living their vocation, the married vocation, priestly or religious, single condition in life. And then the one offering spiritual direction will help the person in that conversation to see more clearly where God is leading and what the new steps for for growth toward a deeper life of holiness might be, so that the person is not alone. That's That's really what we're speaking about when we speak about spiritual direction and a spiritual directee. Father Gallagher, it's important, is it not, that the relationship between the director and the directee be a good fit? Sometimes that may not be the case with some who may be seeking individuals and they find that it there's something, just because they may be someone who is considered a spiritual director for some, it may not necessarily be the best spiritual director for, say, you or for me. Yeah, let's presume that the spiritual directors were considering as possible spiritual directors for this person are are wise and competent and experienced. Let's let's just to to make it concrete, let's say there are five of them within reasonable distance who might be conceivable candidates. Then you're absolutely right, Chris, that uh, five different people can look at those five spiritual directors and we'll find that this one is the right one for me because there's a fit not only on the level of of competence and wisdom on the part of the spiritual director and of sincere desire for spiritual growth on the part of the person seeking spiritual direction, but there's a fit on the level of, how would we say, personality, you know, on the level of um, a kind of spontaneous sense that that's a person that I could speak to. And another person might look at another of the five and say, that's a person I could speak to. So there's no right or wrong in this. It's um, uh, it's a question of which fit is going to be the most helpful for the individual person, which says that it's well worth our while if we are considering spiritual direction and not being alone in the spiritual life to take the time necessary to to review the various options that we might have within reasonable distance and explore which might be the best fit. Uh, sometimes that can be as simple as if it's a priest just going to confession to the priest um, without any question necessarily of, of spiritual direction. Or if the person wants to and there's time in the confession, the person could raise an issue and, and just experience what that interaction is like. And the person will get a sense, this seems good, this seems helpful, I'd like to continue this. Or um, this is good, but it's not quite the fit that I'm looking for. 
to, to take the time to review the various options and perhaps explore them in that kind of way, or simply asking a, a potential spiritual director, again, without yet asking for formal spiritual direction, could I meet with you sometime and talk, and just seeing what that is like. Or in a retreat, um, getting a feel of a given priest or spiritual director or retreat master, perhaps in conversation one-on-one with the with the person, or just listening to, uh, if it's a priest, any priest who preaches and um, whose way of preaching may seem particularly suited to me and helpful, there might be a possible candidate there. And the same thing in the sacrament of confession. So I, I think the first thing is to just to recognize that the less we are alone on the spiritual journey, the more likely we are to feel encouraged to go forward. Now, there's a whole range of ways in which we can be accompanied in the spiritual life. Spiritual direction is not the only one. That's what a parish is for. That's that's the primary place where there's a community where we're not alone, where we share our life of faith and the living of the life of faith and the sacraments together with others and to find encouragement and strength in that. There can be groups within a parish that have teachings or offer a way to pray and that can be very helpful to me. We can just have friends in the Lord, just spiritual friends who are not at all trying to be spiritual directors one for the other, but with whom we might be able to speak about spiritual things. And there's a big difference in a life of prayer when, at least occasionally, a a phone call or um, a sit down for coffee with somebody who has the same interest in living a deep spiritual life. Just talk about what's happening as we're trying to, to pray or live the sacraments or live out our vocations in the world. And then I would always want to include what the church calls, it, it's a, um, a spirituality of marriage or, or, or a conjugal spirituality. Uh, because the sacrament of marriage, where this is possible, has a unique way of being accompanied in which and it's true, it's only in this vocation in which husband and wives are meant to be companions, not necessarily spiritual directors, but companions on the spiritual journey. And that's a day in and day out. I'll just share one experience that comes to mind as I say this. We, we've talked in another set of conversations about the examine prayer, mm-hmm. reviewing our spiritual experience daily and, and the fruits that come from that. And one husband and wife told me that for 17 years, when we'd had this conversation, they did this together every evening for eight to 10 minutes together and found it not only because they were doing it together, were they more likely to actually do it faithfully day by day. And not only was it fruitful as a prayer, but it was also something that blessed their marriage very, very greatly. The kind of sharing that went on in the context of prayer simply allowed them to um, to share and converse and deal with the many things that can rise, arise day by day in living the married vocation. So there, there is a whole array of ways in which we can be accompanied in the spiritual life. You remember one of the very first things that said in the scripture, right from the very beginning, that it is not good for man to be alone. And that applies on every dimension, not only the original context of those words, which is um, 
the gift of marriage that God gave to the human race, but on every dimension of our humanity and certainly on the dimension of the spiritual life. And this is where the Venerable Ann Terry, in a quiet and powerful way, impacted so many Catholic men and women because they found in him somebody who was profoundly competent, profoundly experienced, deeply wise, living himself a deep life of prayer and dedication to the Lord, and who made himself available through the sacrament of confession and simply in one-on-one meetings in ways that, um, that bore enormous fruit. And these were laymen and women. These were seminarians, priests, and religious. It cut across all vocations. We have the opportunity, because of the letters that were exchanged, to see how Venerable Lanteri was able to guide this young 24-year-old man named Leopold. Leopold was a man of, of deep faith, held positions of responsibility. He uh, was a man who loved art, loved the classics, had uh, um, collected books in his home, really enjoyed them. And he and his wife were involved in almost any activity that was present in their city of Florence at the time, of, let's say of a charitable nature. If women got together to try to assist the poor, uh, Leopold's wife, Lucrezia, would certainly be involved in that. And the same thing with, uh, with Leopold. He assisted the uh, monks in a couple of monasteries. He, 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 did, he, he helped in every way that he was able. Now, behind that lifelong dedication to the church, to his family and to, and to the church, you have this quiet, ongoing process of spiritual direction. The place where he could take his questions, the, the place where he could go when discouragement filled his heart, he appears to have been prone to discouragement because you'll see the Venerable Ann Terry over and over again uh, encouraging him uh, never to give in to discouragement. This is the real obstacle in the spiritual life. And then he was able, Leopold, to live a long and faithful and fruitful Catholic life. That relationship, much of it by letter, because uh, because of the distance in those days between Turin up in northern Italy, where the Venerable Anteri lived, and Florence in central Italy, where Leopold lived, uh, that was a long trip in those days. And they were able to meet on several occasions, which were occasions of great joy for both of them. But most of this was done by letter because of the distance. We'll return to Begin Again with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. The Councils of Mercy, an excerpt from the writings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. 
Above all, I recommend with all my heart that you guard against discouragement, disturbance, and sadness. Seek always to keep your poor heart in peace and encourage it, and always to serve God with holy joy. Be of good heart, because the Lord is with you, and he loves you. For more excerpts from the writings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, visit discerninghearts.com. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary and by his very life he taught fidelity to the Church. Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We now return to Begin Again with Father Timothy Gallagher. Discouragement. I think that people feel discouragement, men and women, no matter what time period they're living in, because that is just the the human condition. And here we have Venerable Lanteri encouraging them to to have that holy tenacity, as it's phrased here, to persevere in the daily exercises, sticking to not only the commitment, but to the desire to be able to enter into prayer, but also all the other elements that will help tear down that wall of discouragement. Yes, this is the kind of discouragement that people who share something of Leopold's spiritual situation will feel. This this is a man who is a man of faith, faithfully living his life as a husband and a father and a man working in the world, who sincerely wants to be faithful to God. He wants to live a deep and holy life as a Catholic in his vocation. 
and he's trying to do it. But as he does it, encounters his own limitations, his own failures, his prayer isn't all that he would want it to be. He doesn't always have the wisdom and the patience that he wishes that he wishes he would have in living his married vocation, um, his life as a parent. And so he, he looks at what he desires and looks at where things in fact are. And the difference between the two is the space in which discouragement can come. To be Ignatian for a moment, that's also the space into which the enemy, the evil one, will come with his, with his look at you. You think you're ever going to change? Why, why even bother, you know, with all of these efforts? Um, how many years have you been doing this? And look at, look at the way you just broke out in impatience and in anger or whatever in this situation or in that situation. And then very lightly behind all that is the temptation, if not to give up, to lose something of the hope, something of the drive, something of the joy, something of the energy. Now, it's in that space when people who want to love God, who do love God and want to grow, that's the space where the discouragement can come in. And that's the space that apparently um, was something that Leopold experienced frequently enough along the way in his spiritual journey. And so the wonderful thing is, is that he doesn't give up and that he doesn't simply remain isolated and alone with this. We only have a few of his letters, but certainly we can tell from Venerable Antares' responses that he was very open in sharing this kind of struggle with Venerable Lanteri. And Lanteri will always come back to him. He's never harsh. There's never anything condemning. There's a deep understanding of the frailty of our human condition. The just man falls seven times a day, we read in the, in the Old Testament. And every day at Mass, every one of us says, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, I have greatly sinned. But there's no discouragement in that when, it, when a person faces it this way and when a person is accompanied in this way by one, by one who can say, no, don't ever get discouraged. You mentioned the, the, uh, the holy tenacity. Stay the course. And practically, then Terry, it's not just a generic invitation not to be discouraged. But very specifically, what Venerable Lanteri repeats to him in these letters is, what will help you get through that discouragement and what Lanteri will say to him, I, I can guarantee you that if you do this, you're never going to fail in any serious way in your spiritual life. And whatever failing there may be is not going to last as long as you do, do this. And this is where the holy tenacity comes in. And this regards the, the means that we spoke about in an earlier conversation. So specifically, don't ever give up your meditation. We, we mentioned how he invites a married woman to try to spend 15 minutes a day in this. Don't ever give up your spiritual reading. Go to confession, he says, weekly to recausally. So regular confession, whatever that is going to look like, has the right rhythm for us in our lives. Every two weeks, monthly. But what, what matters is that confession be a regular part of our spiritual lives. The beauty of regular confession is that whereas when a person goes to confession once a year, maybe during the Easter time, which is a wonderful thing to do, and certainly I can't encourage too much, but the difference between an annual confession 
and a regular confession throughout the year is that it's very difficult if we approach confession just once a year to really be deeply in touch with our spiritual experience throughout the year and what the real patterns and places in our lives that we know most need to bring to the Lord for forgiveness and healing, what those really are. Whereas it becomes much more possible gradually to see increasingly clearly the truth of our spiritual situation so that we know increasingly what we need to bring to the Lord and specifically where we can be forgiven and healed and strengthened. That brings a great strength into any spiritual life. Well, this will be one of the, the, the things that Venerable and Terry will always encourage uh, Leopold to do. And then uh, communion, he says, as often as you can during the week, at least weekly, obviously, on Sundays. And if you can get to that during the week, try to do that as much as you can. And then in the letter that uh, we're both looking at right now, Chris, you can see how he concludes that add to this a firm and unshakable resolution always to begin again. And that's where the title of this book comes. Uh, Never give up, no matter how discouraging it seems right now, no matter what my failing was today or yesterday or last week. A firm and unshakable resolution always to begin again. And not only to begin again, he says, but precisely because we have been able to turn to God in our failures and find his healing and his forgiveness and his love and his strength to hope ever more firmly in God. And this is where he says, if you do this, if you do these things with a holy tenacity, then I guarantee you safety from major failings, any serious failings in the spiritual life, or at least from their unhappy consequences. They're not going to really harm you because you're not going to stay in that situation. You'll be quickly coming close to the Lord again. So, over and over again, he will invite Rikazali in times of discouragement, firmly, gently, serenely, repeatedly, to be faithful to the means, begin again, and you're going to stay solidly on track. How wonderful for Leopold, a father of seven, someone who is engaged in the business of the world, husband who is dealing with his relationships to have someone who could know him well enough to be able to be that source of encouragement. What a gift for him and what a blessing for all of us today because there are men and some women, as you have said, that have that that training and that that gift to be able to help in that journey, who know the individuals to be able to be that source and light of encouragement. It was one of the things that um, during his years as Pope, that um, Pope Benedict repeated with some of the clearest language that I've seen on this from a Holy Father, where in one audience talk he says this quite, quite clearly, that if we want to to grow toward God in the spiritual life, that we, we cannot do it just with our own reflections. And those are his words, that we, we cannot do it just with our own reflections. But we always, he says, we always have need of a guide of some form of dialogue. And classically in the church, one of the, the primary ways of not just doing it with our own reflections, but of having a form of dialogue 
is formal spiritual direction if we can find it. And we are blessed yeah, everywhere throughout the church. There will always be a certain number of priests and laymen and women and religious who have the, the background and the training who can accompany us in the spiritual life. If we can find that, it's um, really one of the great, great gifts that God can give us spiritual life. I do want to say again that if we're not able to find that or find it yet, then I would I would think of the sacrament of confession because that's one place that's always available to us for some form of dialogue, as the Pope says. And especially if we find a priest whom we experience to be the kind of confessor that I really need, and if we can go consistently or as often as possible to to that priest so that a relationship of confessor and penitent in confession builds up, that is enormously, enormously helpful. But as I was saying earlier, whether it's formal spiritual direction or any of the many other ways we referred to earlier in which we can be accompanied, it's hard to think of anything better and more helpful that we can do in the spiritual life than to reach out for some kind of accompaniment, some kind of walking together in the spiritual life, because that brings enormous encouragement and hope and sustainability to the new steps that we want to take in the spiritual life. We have so much more to explore in the life and teachings of this spiritual father to so many that I'm looking forward to our future conversations. The coming up would be how Venerable Lanteri would have to draw on those resources that he would counsel others to have when faced with some of the most challenging physical, political, spiritual uh, obstacles and hurdles of, that anyone could face. Well, in uh, this is the title of one of the chapters in the book, in a talk that he gave to a group of laymen and women during those difficult years, he referred to his those years as the spoke of what he called the calamitous circumstances of the time of the times, which is no uh, exaggeration. If you think of the unimaginable for us, the Pope held in captivity, taken forcibly from Rome and held in captivity, Rome occupied his own nation occupied by the French and the oppression and the forced suppression of religious communities and so on. They were very difficult times, and it was these very practices that he counsels to Leopold Ricasoli, which were the, the deep source of his own strength in those times as well. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Begin Again, the spiritual legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We pray that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Begin Again 
The Spiritual Legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher.